Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting sites and apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many others. Episodes of the podcast also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Again, that's PCFpodcast at VHHA.com. Today, we're pleased to be joined by Dr. Eric Freeman, the proprietor and lead physician at Old Dominion Pediatrics in Chesterfield County. Welcome to the program, Dr. Freeman. Thank you, Julian, so much for having me. Well, we appreciate you being with us today. And in the name of full disclosure, I should note for the listening audience that Dr. Freeman and I have known each other since high school, so we'll probably stray a little bit from our standard episode format. And the reason I asked you on, Eric, is because I had always entertained the idea of having you as a podcast guest. And when I thought about the holidays being a time to reconnect with family and friends, I decided this would be the perfect opportunity to connect with you virtually, as so many people are doing nowadays. We're recording this on the evening of December 16th, and I only had this light bulb moment last night which is why I sprung this idea on Eric without really giving him any details about the plan. So thank you for being a good sport and agreeing to do this. You are quite welcome. You've been a good friend over the years, and I appreciate the disclosure for full transparency. <laughs> well, we try to we try to be frank and earnest whenever possible. Um, Absolutely. So normally, this is when I'd ask you about your practice and other clinical related topics, and we'll definitely get to that. But in the spirit of connection, the first question I want to ask you is to share a fond memory from our shared high school days. I'll go first and say that as I thought about this, the first thing that came to mind for me is actually my first day at Henrico High School in ninth grade honors English. I had just moved to. Virginia from up north about a week before the school year began. I didn't know anyone. I was homesick for my old friends and my old life. And I remember Eric, who, despite being a gentle soul with a gentle voice, is actually quite a large man. And he was tall He was tall for his age in high school and is probably still taller than me now, and I'm 6'2". But Eric was so welcoming and polite to me almost from the first day. And over four years, we shared a lot of the same classes and spent a fair amount of time together. But that's the first memory that comes to mind for me. So Eric, I will now turn the tables on you. What's the what's the memory that comes to you from our shared high school days? I think it is two it is twofold. I think one, I have very fond memories of our time with Mrs. Stephanie Carlton in ninth grade English. Um I also know that we did a lot of interactions together in the high school newspaper and I think I saw your budding career in terms of communications and journalism um during your time in the high school newspaper and I think you made us very, very proud and continue to make us proud in your leadership role with VHHA. Well, now you're just landed on with the flattery. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I said, we do want to talk about your practice uh, and the patients you serve. So tell us about Old Dominion Pediatrics, as I said, the patients you serve, and also I'd like to hear how your day-to-day operations have been impacted or altered by the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, it's been a very huge blessing for me to open my own practice. I've been in uh, pediatric practice for approximately 15 years now, and I had a blessing come my way about eight and a half years ago to open up Old Dominion Pediatrics. We specialize in general pediatric care from uh, birth until the age of 23. We started in 2012, and we are continuing to grow. We have approximately 4,400 patients and growing, and we see people from a variety of different insurance and family backgrounds. And so we try to 
be the premier pediatric provider in Richmond giving compassionate, comprehensive pediatric care to the children that cross our doors. My typical average day in terms of being a physician in practice is pretty much 8.30 to about 5.30, doing physicals, sick visits. Um, We also do a lot in terms of psychology and behavioral consult, which has risen tremendously during the COVID-19 pandemic. And then on the proprietor side, typically that leads to an evening of emails, phone calls, and the, the dirty work that keeps the practice going. That's my typical day. Got to keep those lights on. And for, for those out there who might be looking for uh, a family physician and pediatric practice, what's that website where people can find you? Um, our website is very easy. It's the name of our practice, Old Dominion Pediatrics, all one word, dot com. Okay. Got to get that plug in there. Um, Thank you. <laughs> So, Eric, you posted a meme on social media the other day that, in summary, speaks to the skepticism among the public and online about the COVID vaccine and contrast that with how eager physicians are to get the vaccine. The punchline of the meme is, me and my doctor friends want the vaccine so bad I would take it in my eye. For the sake of clarity, the vaccine is actually administered as a shot in the deltoid muscle of the arm. But that said, my question to you, Eric, is what message would you offer to those who are skeptical about the vaccine to try to persuade them that they should take it when it is available to the public? I would say this. I think it's going to be imperative on all of us, Julian, as physicians, to provide accurate, reliable information to uh, members of the public with regard to this vaccine. I think it is important for people to understand that we need to support the science and the data. And I think we have unequivocal evidence, particularly from the Pfizer vaccine, which is currently available, and the Moderna vaccine that will go under final consideration to actually tomorrow morning of the effectiveness of this vaccine in terms of trying trying to reduce COVID viral transmission and severe disease from COVID. I think what we realize now was unfortunately over 300,000 Americans um, losing their lives to this um, horrible virus is, is that the only really way out at this point is to vaccinate, to attempt to achieve safe herd immunity through vaccination, to reduce viral transmission and reduce spread of disease. That is the only way. And I think many of my colleagues would support us encouraging everyone to pursue this vaccine when it is available to them. And on that note, it should be pointed out that no steps were skipped in the process of developing this vaccine. The process just occurred concurrently rather than consecutively, and it was expedited under existing federal standards for vaccine development. As you pointed out, initial doses of the Pfizer vaccine are being shipped to hospitals this week, and vaccinations have actually begun. Healthcare workers will be the first to receive vaccines, and then people in other priority populations, including essential workers and vulnerable adults and high-risk groups. So that means that it may be a few months before the vaccine is available to the general public that That said, what we've seen is that public attitudes about getting the vaccine have evolved and improved, with the latest polling suggesting at least half of American adults are now inclined to get a vaccine, and that's up from polling in the fall, including one that we at VHHA did, suggesting that only about a third of Virginia adults were so inclined at the time. And so with that, segueing from adult attitudes about vaccines to young patients, we talked a little bit earlier about your practice at Old Dominion Pediatrics, but I want to ask you, Eric, what led you to specialize in treating young patients out of all of the medical specialties that were available to you? when you were training to become a physician. I think this really was a very blessed purpose and calling. I've been very blessed to have an aunt, um, Dr. Rita Gunner, who really blessed me throughout my years, um, who really inspired me to be a pediatrician. She's been a pediatrician for the past 40 years. Um, My mom actually taught fourth grade in Richmond Public Schools for about 35 years. So we either taught you or we took care of you. Um, I was really inspired in having that ability to connect with children um, and found that to be the specialty that I was most passionate about. And so we followed that 
passion and calling, and I have no regrets. I think I made the right decision with respect to the specialty that I'm currently practicing. Well, that's good to hear. Job satisfaction is always important. So now that we've covered the important clinical stuff, Dr. Freeman, I have a few other questions for you to give listeners a bit of a sense of who you are beyond the work that you do. The first question is this, what is one tried and true piece of advice or principle that has served you well in life? I think the biggest thing that I would encourage for others is is to remain humble, to be open and available to the blessings that will come into your life, and to remain as integritous as possible throughout your journey. Stay grounded. Very good advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, and this is an entirely imaginary premise, but in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your final day on earth, what would your last meal be? My last meal on this earth would be seafood. I am a diehard seafood lover. I can tell you it would be a combination of shrimp, oysters, and flounder and coleslaw. That is what I dream to be my last meal. Lobster, if it's available, but I will tell you over the past couple of years, I have grown to absolutely adore oysters to the point where I can just basically pop them like M&M's. It is like one of my favorite foods to enjoy and treat myself every Friday at the boathouse. Well, I like seafood as well, but I will tell you, I have uh, in the last few years actually developed a shrimp allergy, so I can still eat other shellfish, but for whatever reason, shrimp gives me a very weird reaction. Because we want you to live, Julia. Abstain, abstain. Uh, The next question is, what's the top item on your bucket list? Um, I think right now in terms of uh, my career, one of the biggest passions that I have right now, Julian, is trying to encourage other um, young people, particularly people from communities of color, to pursue a career in STEM fields with emphasis in the health sciences. One thing that we know is is that there are a tremendous deficiency in the number of African-American physicians in our community, and one thing that I want to do is make sure that we pursue um, policies and practices to increase the diversity in the career of medicine and all Also, I think what this will translate into is improving health equity in our community. So that is one of the biggest things that I'm doing right now, not only in terms of medical practice. um, I also have just um, become the advisor of an undergraduate group at Virginia Commonwealth University called Black Men in Medicine. It's one of my passions and really enjoy working with those outstanding individuals. So really trying to uh, do more work in terms of um, medical education and also mentoring and shadowing of young people to encourage them to pursue a career in medicine. Well, that's really noble and important work, and I will tell you that here at the association, we are actively engaged in that space as well, focusing on population health initiatives and health equity initiatives, including uh, maternal health and racial disparities in maternal health and maternal morbidity outcomes, uh, as well as focusing on uh, vulnerable and high-need populations um, in marginalized communities and focusing on some of the social factors that lead to poorer health outcomes for folks in those communities. So it's good to hear that you're engaged in that as well. And with that, that brings us to the final question of the podcast, and it is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment survival kit picks? I would say for me, I think I would need Harry Potter series for my movie.
I am a tremendous jazz fan, and so I think for music, I would recommend having Terrence Blanchard on that island. Um, he is probably one of my favorite jazz artists. What was the other thing that you asked, Julia? Movie, music, book. and book. book. Mm. And I get my Bible. I would say for me, mm, Beloved by Toni Morrison. Yeah, those were all great picks, and I'm a big jazz fan as well. Although, if I had to take one jazz album with me, it would be The Sublime Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. I, I can respect that. I'm a Terrence fan. I am a Miles fan, but my biggest passion with jazz right now is Terrence Blanchard. So I have to give Terrence props. Understood. Yeah. And with that, I want to thank you for being with us and for sharing your picks and your thoughts and experiences and your high school memories with us. And that will bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you know when new episodes are available. And thanks again to my guest and friend, Dr. Eric Freeman of Old Dominion Pediatrics for being with us today. And happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you, sir. Thank you. Same to you, Julia. Thank you.